Okay, we're live now on CTSS. Hello everybody, today is January 4th, first Thursday of the new year. Hope everybody is doing well. Kind of one of those short weeks. Those of you on the East Coast are probably looking forward to getting snow, though I predict we're going to get a bunch of wet rain in. That's going to be about it. And it's the weekend anyway. Um, in terms of this talk, the title of the talk is going to be a little bit of a review of post-op pancreatic cancer. What made me think of this title, as I always need to come up with new titles, there's a really good radiographics article published. I guess it's the January issue. I can't remember for sure, but it's just on uh, what to expect and what to see with imaging in the post-op patient. And post-op patients, for all of us, are one of the most common reasons for doing a CT scan. And that's always going to be the case. The challenge, of course, in the post-op patient is really to understand what you're thinking about, what you're looking for, what you expect to see, and of course, then comes the things called what is it that you did not expect to see, but actually do see. Now, in the patient with pancreatic cancer, most of the time we like to think about when patients go for surgery and we do the post-op patient, hopefully the patient uh, is quote unquote cured or at least has a uh, zero uh, resection. So what you're often looking for, particularly early on, is not gonna be for looking for tumor recurrence but it's gonna be looking for complications of the procedure. Now, of course, it's important to know what procedure was done. Was it a Whipple's procedure with resection of pancreatic head and neck and part of body? Was it a distal pancreatectomy? Or occasionally there'll be a nucleations like with neuroendocrine tumors. Each of these different um, surgeries has its own set of complications. Now, obviously, if I said the patient had pancreatic cancer, adenocarcinoma, and you're doing a follow-up scan, that's also considered post-op, then we're looking for recurrence, right? So we're looking for nodes, we're looking for a tumor in the pancreatic bed, we're looking for tumor recurrence near the vessels, the common areas where recurrence occurs. We're also looking at the liver for the potential of liver metastasis looking at the omentum, looking at the mesentery for carcinomatosis, looking at the pelvis or rest of abdomen for ascites. So a little bit of doing the study is knowing why you're doing it. So let's not talk about the routine three-month or six-month follow-up where you're making sure the patient doesn't have recurrence. Let's talk about within a couple days or a couple weeks of the original surgery. Now, the article does make the point, and I think it is an important point, that if you're looking for complications post-op, probably the best thing to do is do a dual-phase study. And the reason for that is many of the post-op complications are vascular in nature. Occlusion of vessels, aneurysms or pseudoaneurysms, active bleeding and the like, and all of those are probably better appreciated with dual-phase imaging. If you're just looking for an abscess, single phase imaging, venous phase would be enough. But again, although we may be looking for an abscess, 
how do we know the patient doesn't have a vascular process? So I think perhaps dual phase imaging is just going to be mandatory in these post-operative patients. Now, what are we looking for? So on the vascular side of things, if you think about vessels, you resect the GDA with a Whipple's procedure, you resect splenic artery with a distal, you resect splenic vein. You typically don't touch the portal vein or SMV when you're doing a Whipple unless the patient had some tumor involvement or tumor abutting. You could put grafts in, you could resect veins. We typically don't resect arteries because it doesn't help survival, but vein resection has been something that aggressive surgeons have done for a while with really good success. So what you want to do is you want to look for bleeding. And so GDA stump is a common area, hepatic artery, splenic artery. You need to look at all the key vessels so that early arterial phase imaging with reconstruction, particularly looking at MIP, you can look at volume rendering as well, that's great, but at a minimum, look at your sagittals, coronals, and MIP imaging, looking for any uh, aneurysms. You also wanna make certain on the venous side, there's no occlusion. Post-op patients can develop portal vein or SMV or portal vein SMV occlusion or splenic vein occlusion, you wanna look for that as well. You'll also look for bleeding. Bleeding can occur at like the hepatogenostomy site. Anywhere there's an anastomosis, bleeding can occur. So you wanna look at all those areas as well. You also wanna look carefully at the stomach and bowel and mesentery also. And the phone's ringing, but I'm gonna hang it up. So, uh, sorry about that. I usually disconnect the phone, um, but so you want to look very carefully at those areas in general. Um, one of the things you want to look at very carefully is the presence uh, of bowel obstruction. You want to make certain the patient doesn't have an ileus. You want to make certain the patient uh, doesn't have anything that can relate to the initial surgery that can be treated conservatively. That all becomes very, very important. It's something to really think about. Uh, in terms of uh, abscesses, abscesses can occur at the surgical site. It could be surgical leaks. Again, multiple anastomosis leaks can occur. Uh, at Hopkins, they commonly, in Whipple's patients, put a stent in the pancreatic duct, and that helps prevent strictures. Uh, when you do a distal pancreatectomy, you're typically also going to do a splenectomy, but you can get bleeding in the area of the resection of the splenic artery or splenic vein problems as well, typically splenic artery. You can also get leaks in this region from the pancreatic duct. You also can see problems related to abscesses. Again, you're doing a distal pancreatectomy and splenectomy. Depending how big the tumor is, sometimes they resect portions of the patient's stomach, but that's fairly uncommon. Typically, you're not gonna have any issues with bowel either, but again, you wanna look very carefully at those areas. So you wanna be very, very careful. I mentioned you need to have IV contrast and dual phase is ideal. One of the other things you need to think about is oral contrast. If you're looking for a leak, then positive contrast would be good, but since one concern is looking for a bleed, then what I would recommend doing is using water as a contrast agent, get good distension of the stomach and proximal bowel. That works out very nicely. 
If your only concern was really a leak and you see fluid around the anastomosis, but you say, well, I see fluid, how do I know if there's a leak or not? If you're really focusing on a leak, then positive contrast dilute uh, omnipaque works out very nicely in those regards. So that's a very easy way of doing things. Again, as I mentioned, the reason that we don't give positive routinely would be because we're worrying out a bleed and with positive contrast, you potentially can obscure a bleed, particularly if it comes from the bowel or bowel anastomosis. As I mentioned, in terms of looking at the images, axials, coronals, and sagittals are critical. I think also since you're looking for a bleed, <clears throat> and the bleeds can be small, you wanna make certain you're looking at nip imaging. Volume rendering can also be very, very valuable in this regard. Now, in terms of certain unusual pancreatic resections and Applebee where you resect the entire celiac axis, uh, again, leaks at the anastomosis, bleeds are all gonna be possibilities. In patients who've had Whipple's procedure, other problems could be hepatic infarction or hepatic abscesses. So look very carefully at the liver. Liver abscesses can simulate liver metastasis. So again, something you wanna think about and look at indeed very, very carefully. So I think that's a good start. I would look at this article. I wish I could, I could tell it to you, but I'll, I'll post it online after. I see John Biacchino. Hey, John. And I see Kim Latte. Not Latte like Latte like Starbucks, but Latta. So say hello there as well. And again, uh, I think this is a good start. If you have any ideas of topics you'd like to discuss on these Thursday seminars, let us know. And we'll do our best to kind of do that. And with that, I wish everybody a great day.